The following podcast you're about to listen to is brought to you by the Push Start Media Network, where everything you do in life begins with Push and Start. Edition SYE back in the building. Humble host Bryce Benjamin, co-host of the year, Ed Ruder. We are live. Ruder, what's good, my dude? How you feeling? I'm feeling great. Five weeks running, co-host of the year. Can't be beat. Can't be stopped. Won't be stopped, Bryce. Can't stop, won't stop. Co-host of the year, baby. We get down, baby. We get down. Oh, that was sick. Who's that? Mace back in the day? Can't stop, won't stop. Who was that? That, that is can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> that yeah, was Mace, man. wasn't it? That was uh Mason P. Diddy? It might have been. It might have was. But hey, shout out to the early 2000s, man. That's right. I know things. It was 20 years ago. 20 years ago was 2000. That was the year 2000. Stop it. I know. You know what's going to drive me absolutely up a wall? It's like when I'm going to go into a bar somewhere after COVID's over, and there's going to be a nice full bar, a lot of nice people in there, everybody enjoying themselves. I'm going to look up on the wall, and I'm going to see that age card thing that they have up there for, for the bouncers and the bartenders to know when they look at the IDs, what the good year is for 21 year olds. Oh man. That shit's going to say the year 2000 <laughs> and I'm going to just have to go home immediately. I'm going to see that the day I see that I'm just going to immediately go home. That's yeah, going to be a rough know, day. You know, what's real for me is um, like when we start talking about past events and like, for instance, 9-11, um, 9-11, you know, every time 9-11 happens, we kind of just everybody posts their memories and everything, what they was doing. And I'd be talking about it and I'd be playing like the game on Xbox or something. And I played a game with like younger, like younger crowds. I got you know, a couple of friends on there that are younger than I am. And I'd be talking about 9-11 or something like that. And it's like, yeah, bro, I wasn't I don't remember that. I was like fucking one years old when it happened. It's like, fuck, it's fuck. You know, like, how the yeah. fuck am, am I this damn old? Like, I remember where I was and what I was doing when that event happened. Yeah, man. I was man. Uh, I was talking with some people that were a little bit younger because I was I was doing a training. And uh, I mentioned uh, uh, some quotes from the movie Wedding Crashers. Oh, classic. Very relevant, right? Classic. classic. They had no idea what I was talking about. And I thought to myself, <laughs> oh, man, I'm in trouble. It's I'm, weird, I'm bro. Sure. I'm showing my age. Showing our age. Like in my prime, you know, like it's, uh, it's, it's, it's trouble, man. Man. Deep trouble. Hey, but hey, listen, man, we like fine wine. We, we, we get better with age, you know? It's like cheese or something too, right? I don't, the cheese work that way? I think so. I think you're like the wine. I'm the cheese. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like a fine wine getting better with age. I'm just like a. Like a stinky cheese. It's hey, just, man, you put them together. We have great parties. That's right, man. The wine and cheese. You can't there beat it. it. Is. Definitely can't, can't beat, it. beat it. Hey, you know what else you can't beat? What's that? NFL football, baby, because we are in week four. It is done in the books. Quarter of the season is officially over. At this point in the season, Ed Ruder, I think we kind of know what teams are the real contenders. We know what teams are pretty much done at this point. Shout out to my Falcons fans. and. uh 
Yeah, man. That was a little dig at them. I'm sorry. It was yeah, unnecessary. Man, yeah, that was unnecessary. Totally unnecessary they're, they're dig. They're going yeah. through enough. I'm sorry. Falcons that was just fans. a pot shot for no reason. I'm going to give y'all a hug. I'm going to give y'all a hug. Shout out to my man, Ed Jesse. Um, but yeah, yeah, man. We are quarter way into the season. or Like, it's over. Like, we're moving on to the next section of games, man. This is uh basically the back half of the first half of the season. Does that make sense? The back half of, of the, the first, first half, half of the season. That's exactly what happens after okay. one quarter is over. You okay. That. All right. I just right. I just made that up too. So Oof, on the spot. On the spot, baby. Freestyling. Um overall thoughts, Ruder man. How has the season been going for you so far? Uh, I mean, we had a couple of COVID outbreaks. <laughs> so we'll we'll see if we gonna make it through this whole 16 game slate, but so might not make so- it through the back half of the first half. I'll tell you that. Seriously, it's not- bro. It's looking troubling, but I will say so far, the thing that has stood out for me, uh, offense is, is out of control so far this year. A lot of really high scoring games. Uh, I was a little nervous in my, my Madden franchise that all the games were really high scoring, but apparently those boys at EA sports have figured it out because all the games have been really high scoring. So I think that defenses have had more of a struggle to adjust than offenses to having no off season and having no preseason games. And I really thought it'd kind of be the other way around. But then when I really broke it down, I kind of realized, well, you know, offenses can still run plays at practice. They can still get their timing down. Whereas defenses running up against, you know, live offenses, is it's that's the real way that you test yourselves. And not having a preseason, I think, is really hurting them. But uh, the other big takeaway for me so far this season, I was really worried about what it was going to be like with no fan interaction. Mm-hmm. But I realized uh, it's not so bad. They pump in that fake crowd noise. Yeah. I'll tell you, that does the trick. And when when that fake-ass crowd boos, it makes me laugh every time when there's a penalty on the home team. They got better with that. Boos. When, like, uh, week one, they was kind of off with the boos. Like, you know, like, the ref would make the call, and then, like, 10 seconds later, the boos would come in. Yeah. Now, now, the, now the sound guy is, like, right on cue. As soon as he says, you know, holding – Offense, boo! Oh, oh yeah. yeah, they bring yeah, it right in. It. They yeah, were like letting the ref finish the first time around. They were letting yeah. the ref fish, finish, and now they're not doing that. So, yep. yeah, uh, so it's not bad. And, that. Yeah, man, I don't miss the cutscenes uh, of the crowd or anything like that. I like. I thought I might. You don't miss like that roar because they're pumping in the noise, uh, and the the product on the field has been excellent. Excellent product on the field this year. I think it's it's terrific. So I'm, offensively, I'm I agree. But yeah, like you said before, like with the offensive explosion, defenses, ugh, it's been it's been pretty bad. He had some terrible defensive performances um, in these first couple of weeks, especially down in Dallas, man, and and in the in the fucking state of Texas in general, because the Houston Texas ain't shit either. Um, but yeah, Dallas and in Houston and just a lot of just defenses in general, just giving up a lot of yards, Seattle, like they're four and oh, and they're like the worst defense in the league right now. You know, it's, it's been crazy. Um, and the, I, I personally miss the crowds. Like you do, okay. I do. I, I, and don't get me wrong. Like the product on the field is, has been awesome. I'm enjoying football. Like I'm tuning in every week and uh, I'm not missing his name, a game. I'm not missing a snap, but, uh, it doesn't, there's no home field advantage, really, you know, like you're at home, you get to sleep in your bed, you get to travel by bus instead of taking a plane, you know what I mean? But that crowd factor isn't a factor, like, like they can only go up to like, what, 85 decibels or something like that, compared to you get like a full packed stadium, and the crowd is really rocking, especially on like key third downs and stuff like that, like that plays an element where the home team had that advantage where that's not there no more. And uh, I, I'm just thinking of the Kansas City game against Baltimore where 
that would have played, that would have helped us a little bit. Like Pat Mahomes is just able to fucking audible and do whatever he wanted, pick us apart. But yeah, that's a, that's the one of the main things there. But um, I mean, that's going to change in Miami. You know, the Florida governor just said, fuck it. <laughs> he said, whatever, bro. <laughs> He's uh, I don't know how he decided. Uh, I don't know what, what he was thinking, but uh, they're just going to let it run. That's going to be a great little Petri dish for the rest of the country. I'll say that oh, though. Cause if, if I'm wrong, Hey, I'll be the first one to tell you, I'd be happy to be wrong. Cause I thought it was a terrible decision, but if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And hell, maybe we'll be better off for it. Maybe we realize we get through this thing a different way, but yeah, he just said, uh, fuck it. Huh? He's just, he just said, whatever, whatever, yeah, Trump, man. Trump caught COVID. And uh, did you see that video of Trump going, <laughs> coming back to the white house and he took off his mask and he's trying to look all patriotic and, and all, all out strong. Of, out of, yeah. Out of the, breath and look, shit. <laughs> Look like a off, look like a defensive lineman that just rumbled for a seventy-eight yard fumble recovery touchdown, <laughs> sucking the oxygen on the sideline. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting there watching the video. I'm like, oh, yeah, he would have coughed so bad. Yeah. <laughs> he would have coughed yeah. so bad. And then but, I, you uh, know, I heard things uh, that he had to refilm his walk up because it didn't look presidential. Oh boy, so craziness, man! All the antics, man! All the antics, but whatever. Um. Yeah, so, so far, quarter of the season through, a uh, bunch of players in Tennessee caught COVID. Now we just found out that Stephon Gilmore and a couple of Patriots caught COVID. A couple of Chiefs have tested positive as well. Um, still trying to get word on uh, Pat Mahomes because he had interaction with Gilmore at the end of the game. And now he's saying that he's sleeping in separate rooms as his, as his pregnant fiance, And um, just, you know, just to, just to make sure that uh, he doesn't put her at risk and, and her baby at risk as well. So it's, it's crazy, bro. It's, it's crazy. COVID-19 is um, not going out without a fight <laughs> and uh, still still strong. People wear your mask, stay six feet apart, all that good stuff there. And uh, yeah, man, COVID. Drink, drink plenty of water. Drink plenty of water. Yeah, I would have to imagine staying hydrated helps, right? You got to, man. You, you so know, our messaging this whole time has to have been very helpful. You know, I would hope so. so People are listening. Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated, baby. Um, yeah, man. So let's touch on a couple of games from this past week, this past weekend, and then uh, at the end of this here, I kind of want to give our top five teams heading in to uh, week five and beyond. Um, one of the games that I wanted to start off with personally was the uh, the Chargers versus the Buccaneers. Oh, that was a good one. That was an excellent game. That was uh that might have been game of the week for me personally. And um like when I have my Ravens game on, I also have on the NFL Red Zone as well, so I kind of just tune in to that whenever the Ravens are on commercial break. And like I was just kept tuning in and I kept seeing like yo, the Chargers were kicking the Buccaneers' asses <laughs> like in the first half. Um they was up like 24 to 7 at one point. Justin Herbert was looking awesome. Uh, did you see that throw that he had? Like when the Buccaneers sent the all-out blitz at him, he just stayed cool, oh, calm, yeah. and collected, and off stayed the back in the pocket. foot, fade yes, away, sir. 60 yards in the air. Like that was a thing of beauty. Yeah. So uh, I don't know, man. Tyrod, I, I hate to say it. It's, it sucks the way that he lost his job, but it's going to be pretty hard to take give that job back to him if he does eventually become healthy because Herbert looks awesome right now. Um, you know me, I, I always bring the stats, man. And the one stat that I have about Tyrod, uh, first quarterback in NFL history ever to be sidelined by his own doctor with a shot to the lungs. So that was the first time that that's ever happened. So first time ever. Shout out to Tyrod uh, in the in the record books. First time stabbed by his own team doctor. So impressive. Impressive young man. Tough. 
But uh, yeah, that game flipped though at the end of the of the first half where they get the stop on Tampa Bay. The the Chargers do and. They do a handoff, just trying to kill some clock, you know, maybe try to pick up some yards and see if they want to go ahead and push that thing. And, you know, and Dominican Sue comes in, just blows up the play. And it's a kind of a botch handoff as well. Fumble, Buccaneers recover. Tampa Bay scores right before the half. And then Tom Brady just does typical Tom Brady shit. And I got to give Tom Brady credit, man. Um, I kind of written him off like when I first seen the first couple of games and he looked like shit and he did have a pick six in this game. That was terrible. But. I mean, he just turned into Tom Brady of old and then just captain comeback five touchdowns later, Buccaneers are winning that game 38-31. So uh, he looked uh, he looked good. He looked really good. Like the, the arm strength looked like his back. He uh, wasn't, looks like he was standing in the pocket, wasn't afraid to take hits. That offensive line was keeping him clean. And um, I like what I've seen from this Buccaneers team, man. Like right now, they are looking like one of the top two teams in the NFC, top three teams in the NFC, right up there with Green Bay and Seattle, in my opinion. Okay. Well, interested to see if they make it to your top five a little bit later. A little spoiler for our for our listeners, but uh, we'll see if they if they make your overall top five. What I'm a little bit surprised with the Buccaneers. The only thing that I'll say is that their defense is not quite what I thought they were going to be. Uh, they let an aging Drew Brees throw all over them and kind of get beat up in that first game. They allowed a rookie here with Herbert to you know th- throw 31 points on him, which wasn't a lot of garbage time points either. By the way, they got beat up early and often and then actually kind of stood up a little bit towards the end of the game. But they've got a lot of really good players on, on that defense, and I, I'd like to see if they if they tighten that up as the year goes on. Uh, I mean, between uh, Levante David, Shaquille Barrett, uh, Golston, uh, Vita Vey, who I really like, they, they've got a lot of really good players there that I Dominican think. Uh, Sue. Dominican Sue, for sure. They've got, uh, uh, albeit a much older version of uh, JPP out there. Mm-hmm. And a uh, young kid that I like, Antoine Winfield Jr., yeah. Uh, shout out to the Winfield family, you know, Antoine Winfield, uh, formerly of, of the Buffalo Bills. But uh, yeah, that, that, if that defense can turn it around, that offense is going to be potent all year and look out for them. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, shout out to the Buccaneers. They, they, they grinding and grooving and then uh, Tom Brady looking good so far. Um, how about you, Ruder? Any game that you wanted to touch on? Yeah. You know, one that was just entertaining, uh, you know, kind of a, uh, uh, back and forth game just kind of kept it interesting throughout uh, until maybe the you know midway point of the third quarter. Uh, I just wanted to, in general, give a shout out to uh, the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow because uh, I was not a big Joe Burrow guy. Um, Joey B getting like his first dub. He, he got his first win, so I wanted to make sure we mentioned that. And a few things to touch on here that the, the Bengals moving co- forward could be sneaky good. Uh, this is a team that took – you know, a couple of lumps early in the year, uh, Cleveland, who looks like they might have figured their shit out and might be really good moving forward, uh, just decimated Dallas. I mean, granted, Dallas's defense is terrible, but they did what they were supposed to do against a terrible defense and threw a 50 spot on them. Right. So Damn Cleveland's here. tough, you know, um, but they went they had a, a tie against an Eagles team that I think is better than what their record is. And now they went out and beat a you know, entertaining Jacksonville team that can definitely win some games. They're not like the Jacksonville of old that are just atrocious. I think Minshew can keep them in games at least. Uh, and they're kind of doing their thing. You know, Mixon was out there. Mixon looks spectacular. Mm-hmm. He looked like a real featured back for the first time in, in the longest time that I can remember. Uh, I think he touched the ball had to be 25, 26 times. I think he had like 150 yards, a couple of touchdowns. Uh, and Joe Burrow, he looks like the real deal stepping out as a rookie. 
uh, 75% completion thrown for 300 yards. Uh, he looks, he looks legit and, and he's got some weapons around him because Tyler Boyd and, and T Higgins are really good too. So I'm, I'm very excited for this team's future. I know they're in, in the Baltimore Ravens division. So you probably don't share my excitement of anyone else getting good in there, but uh, they look like the, the future might be bright there. Yeah. They, uh, if, if they can protect Joe Burrow because he's still getting killed and he's starting to get smart now. He's starting to get down. He's starting to not to take those hits, especially after getting killed last week. Um, I was seeing some shots that he was delivered that he was taking. I'm like, ah, man, that hurt my soul. But um, yeah, man, I feel you on that one. Joe Burrow looks awesome. Um, he's looking cool, calm and collected. Another game of 300 yards passing. I think he's that's the third one in a row. And uh, I think that's the first time that a rookie quarterback has ever done that. Uh, Joe Mixon, you'd be hard pressed to find a better running back in the league right now because that boy is balling. Like you said, man, he had about 30 touches in total, over 180 yards total, and three touchdowns. He is their workhorse. He is their bell cow, and he looks phenomenal. Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, uh, AJ Green is a shell of himself now. He he can't get open, but those other two young receivers, they look really good. They just got to get that offensive line intact, and uh, they got to fix that defense as well. But um, Joe Burrow, he's a gamer. Um, I like him, man. I, I liked him in college, man. He just had a certain swag about him. He had a certain look. He looked like Home Alone. <laughs> he looked like Macaulay Culkin growing up, but <laughs> I like I that. Like kid, you called man. him Home Alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was his name. Everybody knows like who Home Alone, Alone is. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I just what I, what I enjoyed about it is that this is not last year's Bengals. It seems like Joe Burrow has immediately made them at least participants in this game last year it didn't even look like they were participating in the same sport that other teams were were participating in out there and this year they look like they could beat just about anybody on any given day which is kind of what you're looking for for a team that's still in the rebuilding process so uh shout out to the Bengals. i think they they're doing it the right way and uh good for them good for them you know um we talked, we touched on it a little bit, uh, the previous when we was talking about the chart. No, no, we talked about when we talk about the Bengals, uh, the Browns and, and Dallas, the Cow- yeah. Dallas Cowboys game. Yeah. Um, yeah, Cleveland, it looks like they, yeah, they, they finally are figuring out. Stefanski figured out that, uh, Baker Mayfield is not that good. And, um, maybe we should try to minimize what he needs to do to be able to win games. And they are feeding those backs, man. They're, they're feeding their running backs like, um, Kareem Hunt future guest of the podcast by the way Nick Chubb they looked awesome in that game before Chubb went down to injury I haven't heard any word on what's going on with that one yet but uh Kareem Hunt you know he's Kareem Hunt let's not forget man this dude was when he was in Kansas City he was a top five back in the league like he was a hands-down top five back in the league arguably the best back in the league at one point he had a little incident that happened now he's with uh Cleveland and again he looks awesome whenever he's in the game and he just turns out five six yards anytime he touches the ball but he had an awesome game they like the Cleveland Browns ran for over 300 yards on this Dallas team. And Dallas is just bad, bro. Like that defense is terrible. I feel bad for Dak when you got to throw 60 passes to just to keep your team in the game. And he threw for over 500 yards. He threw for what, four or five touchdowns. And he did all he could do, but at to no avail, like your defense can't stop a fucking running nose, bro. Like that shit is ridiculous. How bad they are. Ridiculous ridiculous and going into the season man like you look at their pieces like you're okay like oh man not maybe the greatest but they should be able to finish maybe like 16 17 like no they can't stop nothing 
And the, the craziest thing for me is as much as I feel as though Cleveland really has figured stuff out because they've, uh, they've scored a bunch of points in a bunch of games already. I think that they've figured out who they are offensively. That defense has been shored up. Uh, I, I think in particular, uh, what stands out to me is, um, you know, getting Miles Garrett back, I think solidifies that defense and puts a little pressure on the quarterback, makes them a little bit tougher. Um, you know, they gave up 38 points to the Cowboys, 24 of which was in the fourth quarter after the game was already out of hand and they're playing a prevent style defense. So I don't think that the 38 <laughs> points that they gave up was the, is indicative of what they're really about. So as good as the Browns may be moving forward, I think it's a further testament to a Dallas Cowboys team that was one fluke, ridiculous onside kick away from being 0-4 this year. Uh, and, you know, Dak can't, obviously can't do it all. He threw 500 yards, mostly against a prevent defense in, in the third and fourth quarter, but they can't run the ball. Uh, you know, they're, they, they just look, they look anemic at times, even though they put up again, uh, 38 points is very deceiving because 24 of it came in the fourth quarter when it, the game was already over. Um, so I, I don't know what the answer there. And I really thought, I really thought Mike McCarthy was going to kind of be a, uh, a centralizing figure that will pull this team together and really allow a really talented roster to be a contender. And I do not see it. He looks lost out there. The team looks lost. You know, they, they just look, that's the best way I can describe them. They, they all look lost uh, on the football field. Yeah. Mike McCarthy is Jason Garrett 2.0 and he was doing this in green Bay, his last sit in green Bay. Like they looked like shit in green Bay. He had Aaron Rodgers looking not as good as Aaron Rodgers looks right now. Um, offensive line is decimated. Like uh, Collins is out for the season. Uh, they are not the same Dallas offensive line that we have known over the past couple of seasons. Uh, Zeke, he can't find any lanes to open. And I mean, Dak is throwing the ball and he's kind of just throwing it from behind. So he's got all these yards and, you know, four touchdowns and everything of that nature there. But at that point, it was kind of just, just fantasy stats at that point, you know? So that's great for them. And then his numbers and hopefully he gets paid, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's not looking that, that whole NFC East is just gross. Like, like it's like, uh, Joe said last week, man, it's a shame that, somebody from that division is going to make the playoffs because nobody really deserves it at this point. If like the playoffs started today, the Eagles would be in first place with a fucking one, two and one record. Like what the fuck, bro? Yeah. Like it is ill. Like nobody Dude. did no NFC East team won last week. Like God damn. <laughs> That's two I, weeks in a row. <laughs> I think that, well, the Eagles got their first win, right? That's the, right. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. Eagles got their first win. That's so a fact. That's a fact. They're off to Schneid, but I, you know, that division while we're talking about it, um, I'd like to think that one of those teams, uh, namely the Eagles, kind of figures their shit out. They might like sweep the division, might end up with semi-respectable record. But there was a lot of talk, like somebody with like a six and ten record could win that division. That's I could gross. totally see it right now. It's it's awful. That's and now so I think gross. what we're seeing, I don't know. I'd love to get your opinion on it. This is one of the things that I wanted to talk about. So I'm glad you brought up the division. Perfect segue. So it was. It came out today that Dwayne Haskins of the Washington football team, the DCFC, is being benched this week in favor of Kyle Allen. So I was wondering your thoughts there on what that move means for, for Dwayne Haskins, what that move means for the franchise. Are they tanking? Uh, is it just that uh, their coach has that, uh, you know, that trust with Kyle Allen that they had back in, in Carolina? Uh what do you think? What's going on there? I think it's a combination of a couple of things. Uh, one, Ron Rivera and this regime did not draft Dwayne Haskins. Am I correct on that? 
You're correct. Yeah. Okay. So they're not married to him. So they don't have any obligations that they feel that they need to start this kid, which obviously I, I, I wish they would give him more opportunities. Um, you know, young black quarterback, I'm always pulling for him is, you know, had a tough game against Baltimore, but, um, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where like, he doesn't seem like he's picked up the NFL speed just yet. It seems like everything is still moving a little bit too fast for him. But um, at the same time, it was one of those things that he's going to be able to learn by playing. And if you're the Washington football club, maybe they went with this decision to go ahead and start Allen because like they're one game out of the division lead right now. And they feel like that they can potentially capture this division. They still have one of the most talented defensive lines in the NFL. So that can get after anybody. Um, I like, they got uh, uh, Terry. um, uh, What's his name? McLaurin. McLaurin. Yeah. He's, he's an awesome young receiver and they got some weapons on there. I like that running back Gibson. He looked really good. And on some plays against Baltimore last week. So I think the, the Washington kind of went into that decision thinking, Hey, we can still win this division. We can be competitive. And right now, maybe we can't be as competitive with Haskins as a quarterback. And I don't know what it means for his future moving forward, though. Like, I don't know if uh, him being benched and he's like third string. Like, he's not going to be dressing for the game. Like, because Alex Smith is listed as a backup yep. now. Yep. And um, that was like, wow, okay. So he's all the way demoted. So and, what, was, um, what was weird to me there was I knew that there was trouble brewing when I saw that his agent tweeted out some, some comments about, uh, uh, I suppose – I suppose geared towards the coaching staff. I'm not sure if you saw any of that, but the the nature of the tweet was, you know, so let me get this straight. It, it was in, I should I should preface it with that. It was in response to a report that if Dwayne Haskins didn't start to play well, he may be benched. And uh, the agent tweeted out, okay, so this is essentially a quarterback who's played less than one full season as the starter that's going through a coaching change in a four games in with no preseason. And, you know, no ability to, you know, learn the new offense and he's the problem. Like, you know, so to me, it was, I kind of got behind that. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. Like he's had no opportunity here. Like what? Um, And so my only thought, once I saw that, you know, Kyle Allen was the backup, that it had to be something with Ron Rivera and, you know, Kyle Allen having worked together before. Yeah. And you're probably exactly right. It wasn't something that crossed my mind until literally just now that they probably feel that they're still in it at this point because Mm -hmm. of how bad the NFC East is. And, uh, they must not think he's the long-term answer. And there must have been something that happened behind the scenes because you're exactly right. You don't go from the starter to, you know, being third string now if uh, there wasn't some kind of internal struggle there with Ron Rivera. So I hope it's not turned into like a Josh Rosen thing where, you know, we're going to see Haskins getting traded and then uh, cut and then going to a team's practice squad. You know what I mean? And actually it might be for the good, for, it might be for the best for him if that's the case there, if they're just going to completely demote this kid down to third string at this point And basically he's just running practice squad. Yeah. He's not going to get the experience he needs in Washington. It might be that his time there is over because I mean, if I've seen how these things have played out before, now that there's like this public rift between him and the team and he's been pushed all the way down to the practice squad. Yeah. I'd have to imagine that they're going to move on from him. Like he's not the answer. And it's really interesting because it could either be that they think that they're alive in a very bad division. So they're going to try to spark a change here, or it could be that, you know, maybe there's, maybe there's that inkling of tanking going on to maybe go after Trevor Lawrence early. Uh, I don't know. I I really couldn't tell you. I'm, I'm obviously not in the locker room, but my thought is it's the relation to relationship between Rivera and Kyle Allen. That's kind of, pulling that change 
And honestly, man, like Washington is just one of those dysfunctional franchises and in, in the NFL in general because they just do stupid shit. It's it's a, like it's ran by a fucking terrible owner and Dan Snyder. Like it's like they had a, the whole uh, the whole thing that's going on where women have been just sexually assaulted in that organization for fucking decades. So really, honestly, fuck that team, fuck that franchise. Honestly, fuck Dan Snyder, and um, yeah, just fuck them, bro. Honestly, bro, that's just my thoughts on them. Like I don't I don't like that shit. Just 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 fuck them. No, I've never been a I've never been a Washington football fan. Uh, you know, the last time they were good was in the early '90s. Uh, you know, they haven't really put together any kind of a team that I can remember in the last 20 years or so. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not impressed with them as as an organization. And I don't know, like you said, dysfunction. I mean, dysfunction is the word that comes to mind when you when you talk about those guys. You know so, what team? You know what franchise has been impressive though? Let's hear it. Not about the hometown heroes, man. The Buffalo Oof. Bills. Four no, that's 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 the game what to talk about hell? before we before we get into our uh, power rankings. That's that's the team man. right here. Damn. They impressive or what? Man, yeah, they look they look again. Four weeks in, that Bills offense is humming, man. Like Josh Allen, another impressive performance. 284, two touchdowns. He's dropping dimes, bro. He is dropping dimes. Stefan Diggs, what a what a act, what man, what a what an acquirement from him. Like the dude just came in, and I mean, besides Tom Brady, has there been a like a better acquisition in, in the offseason than him? I I can't think of one. At least not at a at least not at a you know offensive skill position other than quarterback. Uh, I don't think that anybody's made as big an impact because the one thing that I'll say about Josh Allen's improvement, why I thought maybe last year he wasn't the answer, and why this year has helped to prove me wrong about that, is because he couldn't he couldn't hit anything deep and he couldn't hit anything outside the hash marks. He couldn't hit his receivers on an out route and he couldn't throw anything deep. So I thought you don't learn that traditionally you don't see quarterbacks get better at that, right? You see quarterbacks get better at making reads on the line. The game slows down a little bit. You see them making better decisions, all of which, by the way, Josh Allen has, Mm -hmm. but what you generally don't see is to see the arm talent get better, right? You don't see guys throwing harder and you don't see guys throwing more accurately, right? They kind of come out of college with that, Yeah. but I don't know whether it's, it may just be that that Diggs is better at running the deep routes. And I don't know, because John Brown seemed pretty good, you know, uh, but I think Diggs gets un- gets under the ball and whatever it is, a spark to change in Josh Allen, where suddenly he throws beautiful balls. I saw on the one drive, two gorgeous passes to the outside that are underrated because they were short passes that your casual football fan might not pick up on, but he threw a beautiful out to Beasley and then a beautiful out to John Brown where only his receiver could catch the ball. And uh, you just wouldn't have seen that last year. You wouldn't have seen it at all. And I'll tell you what, pal, if you would have told me at the beginning of this year that the Bills would be 4-0, I might have believed that, but not on the strength of their offense while their defense is potentially the problem that's holding them back. So this, uh, this year has flipped the script on me, and it's, it's been a hell of a lot of fun watching this team. Yeah, that's the thing. That's crazy. Like you, like the defense last year was a championship caliber defense, and now this year they're what below average at this point. I would say, um, yeah. they, they you know they make the stops when they need to make the stops. Like uh, Oakland, they made the stops there. They made the key stops that they needed to do. So they still have that um, going for them at least. But um, yeah, that defense overall has to get their shit together for this team to be a true true contender in this AFC. 
Um, and they got some tough uh, couple of games coming up next, man. So we're going to see what this Bills team is really about. Their next four games is Tennessee um, at Tennessee at home against the Chiefs, the Jets. That should be a W. And then uh, uh, at home against the Patriots and then Seahawks and then Cardinals. So that's the next six games. So they have some tough games on their slate come moving forward. And uh, we're going to see what Josh Allen and his Bills team is really about, man. I think the first four weeks they have shown that, yeah, yo, we are here, man. We are not the same Bills team as last year. We can put up points. Josh Allen has looked awesome. He's right now. Um, if I had to give a vote, he would probably be second or third in my MVP, in my, maybe fourth in my MVP votes right now. He's looking great. So shout out to Buffalo, man. Shout out to the Bills, man. If you're a Bills fan, you got some shit to be excited about. You should feel really good going into the uh, – back half of the first half of the season (laughs) um and yeah that's pretty much all the games i really wanted to touch on really like no really marquee games that stood out um we already talked about the the dallas cleveland game um i think you could you you know we we talked about in the vein of you know the the teams are starting to become who we thought they were yeah uh, in that in that Dennis Green type of way, there were a couple of teams that stood out to me as, you know, we are who we thought they were, right? Uh, yeah. the, so for me, the Packers and the Chiefs, just want to touch on it super briefly. They just yeah. both kind of handled their business uh, on Monday night. Uh, it was kind of cool, kind of cool to see the Packers doing really well. Love what Aaron Rodgers is doing. He's got some real swagger right now playing great football went on the pat mcafee show had some controversial comments that, shout out to rogers man talk your shit guy loving it. talking it. your shit i think it was more for the sake of his buddy pat mcafee to get a cool quote but you know he was talking about how you know his off season or his off year is better than most most quarterbacks uh career year so he wasn't lying gotta love it it's it's the absolute truth lying. and uh you know man you you talk about the last couple of down years where he's thrown for 4,000 and 4,400 yards respectively uh combined like 55 touchdowns and only like nine interceptions and those are his down years it's like okay uh so to Imagine see the, Packers, the balls you gotta have to go and say some shit like that man yeah that's, that's that, that takes some big ass balls man, yeah, man. <laughs> Incredible, incredible. While, while, mind you, he was battling injuries and had a brand new head coach with a more run-based philosophy, and they went 13-3, and which think about it this way. Okay, you throw for 4,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, and only like three picks. You're 13-3. and You're not throwing from behind. Right. You're not you're not behind in games. You're not getting garbage time yards. You're not adding, you know, 50, 60 yards to your stats every game on that last drive where they're just in a prevent. Right. Right. So the guy's still a stud. I love love to see that they're doing well. Shout out to Packers fans everywhere. Uh, They deserve it. And then, yeah, the Chiefs handled the Patriots, albeit without Cam. But uh, the Chiefs, uh, they look they look tough again. They just look in control. They look efficient. And what's surprising is how good their defense has been too. That Chris Jones is is a monster. Uh, huge shout out to him as well because he's he's tough. Watching that guy play is something else, man. Yeah, he's one of the. I mean, he's right up there with Aaron Donald, like right below him. I would say in terms of like interior pat interior forces and like defensive players in general, he might be right under Aaron Donald. That man is a fucking beast. He, I, what I didn't, I didn't realize how impactful he was on the yeah. line. I always knew he was a good pass rusher, but he, he takes over games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has that effect. Really good. That, 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 uh, that takeover effect, like you said. The one thing that did piss me off watching that Patriots and Chiefs game, um, I'm just watching the Patriots just like contain Patrick Mahomes, like they held him to under 300 yards, like two touchdowns. And uh, that Chiefs offense didn't explode at any point in time, really. You know, it was just like methodical drives all the way down the field. 
And uh, you would, like when you play the Chiefs, you just got to play a bend but don't break type style. Like, you know, Pat Mahomes is going to make plays, but you just got to make him make those plays. You can't just give it to him. And um, my Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale, please go and watch film on that game. Go and watch the Chargers game. See what they do. They just rush four. New England's rushing three with a spy. And they would still be able to get some pressure on them. Like they, the New England got cheated, by the way, on that strip sack. You remember that play? Yeah, I thought so too. Where they blew it to dead? That, that was some bullshit. Absolutely. But yeah, just like Wink, just do that. Like we have a very talented defense. We got Clay's Campbell for a reason. Do that. And we will have a better chance at beating them. I'm just saying. So we're going to see them in the playoffs, hopefully. I'm just saying, just throwing it out there. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, that's all I wanted to say there. And yeah, the Packers, shout out to the Packers, man. They're moving forward. They're Aaron Rodgers is awesome. We already know this. So, and he's just making random dudes look awesome, man. The fucking third string tight end had what three touchdowns or something like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> man. Tanya, Tanya, Tanya. A little relationship there. That, that looking like that a pretty nasty nuts. combo. And the that kid was wide nuts. open too. Yes. Every yes. every time it's like they're uh, they're out scheming their opponents there because uh, you don't see guys that wide open very often. And you saw it three times on uh, on Monday night. So, Ruder, we got our first coaching casualty that happened. Yep. Yeah, Houston. We certainly did. Decided Julio to go Stooge. And, uh, fire their, their head coach and GM all at the same time there. And um, you know what? I'm not going to say I didn't expect it to happen, but I didn't think he was going to be the first. You know, yeah. I was thinking that uh, Adam Gase was going to be the clear-cut favorite to get, to get fired first, and he's still somehow hanging on to his job. Although the Jets are starting Joe Flacco, man. Jets fans, get ready to get some eliteness in your life. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Take Flacco, it easy. Flacco show, baby. Uh, oh, Sam Darnold ain't getting that job back. But, um, oh. <laughs> yeah, oh, Bill O'Brien, man. man, he's gone. He's done in Houston. Romeo Cornell takes over as an interim head coach. Want to give a quick thought on that? Yeah, no, I thought uh, Romeo Cornell, when he had his last coaching stint, uh, was just another failed prodigy of the Bill Belichick coaching tree, just another guy that was better off as a coordinator. I'm interested to see what he does here. Um, I'm interested to see if if that team gets a little bit better. What, what I was shocked about, honestly, was that uh, he was fired from both positions. Uh, and I guess you have to do that all at once. Uh, but really, where I think his his struggles were, were with the GM portion of the job. I mean, we could, we could laugh and joke all day long about all the terrible trades that he's made over the last couple of years. And they were really that bad. I mean, just a ton (laughs) of head scratchers, right? I mean, just, just awful, awful trades that objectively you could just tell that he lost. You you couldn't find anyone that was thoughtful or thinking about it in a real serious way that thought he won any of those trades. Right. So there's that. Uh, Beyond that, uh, to lose your lose the job as a head coach, was he a terrible coach? I don't know. I don't think so. I, I they mean, won he, a division four out of five seasons. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one. Of, it was one of the uglier divisions over that time. You had the Colts in transition. You had an, you know, imploding Jaguars team, um, a Titans team that most recently kind of kicked and kicked it into a second gear. But yeah, uh, you know, he had a very talented quarterback. I I don't know. Is he a terrible coach? I don't know. I think that there are far worse coaches in the league. Um, you know, Adam Gase, you mentioned being one of them for sure that I think should be on the block. It looks like Mike McCarthy should be on the block already. Uh, he just looks awful in his return to coaching, but, um, yeah, no, I, you gotta, you gotta make that move. I mean, there, there's still a chance that, you know, still a weaker division that they've got a chance 
if the, if the Titans slip up, who knows what could happen there? It's still, it's still a roster. That's pretty good. And Billy O stooge, first one, first one in the hot seat, first one out of the, out of the league. Yeah. You know, I was listening to uh move the six podcast with Daniel Jeremiah and uh, Bucky Brooks. And um, I like the way that they broke it down. And when they kind of uh, explained the firing, because when you give absolute power to one person, like the head coach and the GM, that's never a good thing. And the way they explained it was as a head, as a GM, your job is to build up the roster, uh, acquire pieces, um, acquire talent, acquire draft capital, and try to maintain the success um, for a long period of time. And as the head coach, your job is to maximize the talent that you have and do as well as you can with the with the players that you have on that roster, right? So when you give absolute power, the head coach and GM title, now you are having conflict interests because a GM, if they had a regular GM, they're not going to trade two first rounders and what, two second rounders for a fucking Laramie Tuxo left tackle. So now you have no draft capital, not in this past draft, but also in the future draft. And then on top of that, they're not going to go trade your quarterback's best weapon for a fucking second round pick and a decrepit running back. You know, they don't make that trade, but a head coach in that position trying to win now is going to go and try to acquire that left tackle who, you know, Larry Tunso, is he even that great? Like he's the highest paid tackle in the league right now. I don't think he's the best tackle in the league at all, especially with seeing Deshaun Watson just get killed every, every weekend. And then now you take away Hopkins. I, I still don't understand that Hopkins trade. That still makes zero sense to me whatsoever. But um, you just make moves that as a GM, and if you're not the head coach, you just wouldn't make those moves. You know what I mean? So is this kind of conflict interest? And then, like, you're trying to handle the responsibilities of being a GM, like doing the meetings, doing the scouting and things of that nature there, but then also trying to coach your football team to be the best team that they can possibly be. That's just a bad hand to be dealt. <clears throat> like that Houston organization, like they they gave him too much power. And obviously, you know, he's a man who doesn't want power. He's going to take it. But uh, yeah, they just kind of set him up for failure. And he, he, he failed. Simple as that. Yeah, there's been there's been a lot of examples historically of where even guys that were pretty good couldn't handle both responsibilities. Uh, the aforementioned uh, Denny Green had that before. Uh, there was a guy Butch Davis in Cleveland that had before. The Mike most Holmgren. recent example, Holmgren. Yep. The the most recent example that people might remember would be um, Chip Kelly, who actually yeah. brought a lot of innovation to the NFL with that high octane offense and that yeah. just kind of no the no huddle, you know, play after play after play. Brought a lot of racism too. Yeah, there was a lot of racism there too that uh, Shady McCoy and others didn't really uh, didn't really get down with for some reason. Uh, some reason. But, um, for some reason, I don't know what it was that you know. They put my finger on it. I can't put my finger on what it was that that Shady McCoy had such a problem with Chip Kelly about. But uh, you know, it the thing is for me, those are both full, full, full ass time jobs. Do you know what I'm talking about? These aren't yes. like. These aren't like full-time jobs where, you know, you kind of work 38 hours and sneak out a little bit. They're not like 37 and a half with lunch breaks and shit, you know, where you're working five days a week. These are both full-time jobs where you're working 12, 14-hour days. And to your point, I don't know how you could be good at either one when you're trying to handle both of those responsibilities. Uh, It it just seems like it's too much. And obviously, it was too much for for Bill O'Brien. And I think he he got exposed on both ends. He got exposed as a GM and exposed as a coach as, as a result. So, so who's the, but 
Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they say Deshaun Watson was happy. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So if we had to put betting odds, who would be the odds-on favorite now to be the next head coach to be fired? Is, is it still Gase? Oh, or it's got to be Gase. You think it's Dan gotta, Quinn? It's got to be. It's got to be Gase. I would think, although he has this way of sticking around longer than he needs to be somewhere. It was that way in Miami. Um, I will say with Dan Quinn, that team shows enough flashes. And I, I don't understand, aside from their defense being terrible, right? I mean, that's a clear-cut number one reason why they're losing football games. But um, that offense should click. I mean, we have Julio, who's been, he's been on and off injured. Uh, but you've got Todd Gurley, again, not, not the complete back that he was before, but he still has that nose for the end zone. Uh, you get him anywhere within the 10-yard line, you feel like that guy can punch it in for you. Yeah. Um, you've got some some very exciting young players, and um, I, I have trouble figuring out why that team hasn't had a little bit more success, at least offensively, uh, than, than what they've had. Um, Calvin Ridley, you know, awfully good. Uh, I, I've mentioned before on this podcast that kid uh, Zacchaeus, who I think is really good, mm-hmm. and they just they can't seem to to put it together. So I, I think Dan Quinn might be okay because this this might be a team that could salvage you know six seven wins this year somehow down the stretch. It, it's it's got to be Adam Gase. That, that team is just terrible, terrible. I don't know, man. I think Adam Gase might be a warlock, and he has a spell on the uh, Jets ownership group because. Um... Like the fact that he is yet to be fired yet, like I, I at this point, I just think that he's just going to stick around, like you said, like longer than he needs to be. Like when he had those bug ass eyes at the at the uh, introductory press conference last year, I think that's him casting a spell on the Jets faithful and just it could like, be. Yeah, he's a warlock. He, but I mean, gotta be. My, my final words on it. I mean, they just got embarrassed on Thursday on national TV and primetime by a Broncos team who's about as injured as anyone in football. Brett Rippin. Yeah embarrass them the week the week prior to that they faced a healthy team a good team the Colts and they lost by 29 points 36 to 7 before that when I said that the Broncos were one of the most injured teams in football the Jets were embarrassed again by the most injured team in football at the time the San Francisco 49ers where they got blown up 31 to 13 where it wasn't even as close as that score and then of course week one we saw that they Hang tight, hung tight with the Bills, but only because of a couple of Josh Allen fumbles that were deep in Jets territory, right? That game could have been a blowout as well. So the Jets, their roster is terrible. Their, their coach is terrible. Um, I, I can't believe he's, he's, he's hanging around, man. I don't believe it. Uh, yeah, I'm the same way. Um, yeah, so it's right now, like it's between, in my opinion, I think Dan Quinn and the Falcons who can't hold a lead for shit. And uh, Adam Gase, obviously, for reasons that you just mentioned. And um, Matt Patricia, I think Patricia, who uh, had the controversial comments saying that, oh, yeah, the Detroit Lions had a lot of work to do when I got here and we're still working towards that. Like, bro, the Lions were nine and seven when they fired Jim Caldwell and hired you. And they've been shitty as shit. Like, they've been shittier than I think we've seen Detroit be as shitty as they could be. So, and they've, and they've had a quarterback that be, prior to being hurt at one point was playing MVP caliber football in right. Matt Stafford. So they've got a talent there. They've got an arm talent, a guy that can play that position for sure. And, uh, and what's he, surprising it, is Matt Patricia, he, 
he can't figure out a way to make that defense good. That's the thing that shocks me. They put some draft capital there. And the fact that they still get uh, blown up most weeks is baffling to me because he was he was excellent as the defensive coordinator with New England. So, I mean, for me, the, the writing was in a wall when your best player on your team and Darius Slay didn't want to be there no more because of the culture of the team. And he's arguing with his head coach and his head coach is being disrespectful to him and in a way that a man shouldn't talk to another man. And uh, yeah, yeah. like I think he tried to instill that Patriot way too quickly when you have a winning tradition over the last 15 to 20 years you can be a hard ass and you can you know you, you can expect a certain level of behavior or a certain level of action out of your team that's a little bit different than when you're the Detroit Lions and you're a first or second year head coach it just yeah. doesn't quite work that way you haven't earned it yet and I think that was the backlash from from that Detroit team man so we've we've wrapped up the week with some with some real stinkers there with the, with the jets and the Falcons and the, and the lions. Ugh, it, it, it kind of is leaving a bad taste in my mouth. So what do you say? We, we kind of skip away from that a little bit and we start talking about some of our top teams. So our top five in our power ranking, how about that? Let's do it, man. So yeah, we're going to go ahead and list off our top feet, uh, our top teams so far, four weeks into the season. Um, how do you want to do this, man? You want to start from least to greatest, and uh, do you want me to go first? You want to go first? Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Uh, let's go least to greatest. Save our number ones for last. And sure, you're the uh, the humble host, so you you can lead us off. Who's your number five? All right. So number five, I'm gonna go. It's kind of a toss up for me, but I'm gonna go Pittsburgh. All right, I'm gonna go Pittsburgh number five, and. The Steelers right now, they're 3-0. and um, They didn't get a chance to play last week because of the Titans' whole COVID situation, that outbreak there. But um, in the three games that they won, they have looked solid. Uh, ben Roethlisberger looks like he's healthy again. That defense is awesome. Like, that front seven is, is phenomenal, and I'm not looking forward to playing. Actually, I'm kind of looking forward to playing them. But at the same time, I'm kind of worried about playing them. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster looks good. James Conner's running the ball very well. They got a nice one-two punch with him and Snell. And, um, yeah, Pittsburgh is just, like, typical Pittsburgh stuff, man. Like, Mike Tomlin, he's one of the best head coaches in the league for a reason. He got this team playing well again. And, uh, yeah, Pittsburgh number five. Uh, number four, I'm going with Buffalo. The Bills have uh, impressed me, like, a lot. Um, that L.A. victory uh, over the Rams, that was very, very impressive. Um, they was able to go ahead and travel to Vegas and take out, take out the Vegas Raiders on the road. Josh Allen right now is an MVP candidate, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, if they could just shore up that defense, man, I think, uh, shit, we might, we, we wouldn't be, I would not be surprised if they fucked around and end up in the AFC championship game against either the Chiefs or the Ravens. So be on the lookout for them boys there. Um, number three, I'm going to go with the Packers. Uh, don't want to go with the Packers. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with the Packers. Um, I'm going to go with the Packers on this one here. The green Aaron Rodgers, like, do I got to say more? Like, he's right now maybe top two candidate right now for MVP between him and Russ. Um, he's balling out of his mind right now. Like, the defense, again, they can get after the passer. They can get after the, the with the pass rush there. And, uh, yeah, I like what I'm seeing out of Green Bay so far. Number two. I'm going Seattle. Their defense is shitty. Russell Wilson is awesome. 
(laughs) Russell Wilson right now is the best player in football, in my opinion. Um, The things that he's able to do on a football field right now is is absolutely amazing. And um, the prettiest deep ball I think I've ever seen, like the way that that thing just falls into receiver hands is just phenomenal. And uh, yeah, like they get Jamal Adams back. They, they got to do something with that defense because right now they're giving up like over 400 yards a game pretty much to everybody. So they definitely got to do something with that. But as long as Russell Wilson is cooking the way that he's cooking, hashtag let, let Russ cook. Yeah, yeah, they're looking good. Um, number one, Chiefs. Simple as that. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, that combination right there is just goaded. Defense looks solid. Um, Fenton, their cornerback Fenton, um, that dude right now is playing as good as corner of a cornerback as anybody in the league right now. He's like locking down everybody that he's going up one-on-one against. And, uh, yeah, shout out to that brother over there. So, um, yeah, Kansas city right now is my number one team. People are probably surprised that I left my Baltimore Ravens out of this. And, um, just to be honest with you, man, like the Ravens, we looked good the first two weeks, Kansas city fucked us up. And in Washington, we didn't look that great. Like, the score was 31-17. to 17. We blew him out. But uh, Lamar Jackson, man, he got to get his shit together. He's missing a lot of deep throws. A lot of Hollywood Brown is burning corners. Like, he's burning them. And Lamar just keeps overthrowing them and underthrowing them, and he can't get his timing right. And I don't know. Like, he got to get that figured out. He got to go get that figured out. Go and watch game tape on Russell Wilson. See how he puts air under the ball and gets the ball to his receiver so that can run under it. Um, defense looks solid. Myron Humphrey looks solid and everything of that nature there. I still got to see a little bit more from my Ravens team before I can uh, start to feel good again about them. But I'll probably put them right around like six or seven right now. But yeah, that's my top five, man. Shooting it over to you. What you thinking? Okay. All right. Very interesting. It is interesting that you left, you left your Ravens off of there. I, I, I'm not going to do that. Uh, so that, that's a bit of a spoiler, but uh, the one, the one area where I'm going to say right out of the bit, uh, out of the gate, that I'm going to give an honorable mention where you you threw them in there where I would not is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, that offense doesn't exactly look intimidating to me. I think Big Ben, it, it, he looks like he's back. That first week he was a little shaky. We've only seen three games out of them, and the one thing that I'll say about them is that the the three games that we've seen them play so far were against the Giants. Ugh, right, terrible. Uh, then they played the Broncos, ugh, terrible, and then they uh, topped that off with a seven-point win over the Texans, who we just mentioned were incredibly dysfunctional. So although I think they have a suffocating defense, I'm going to leave them just out of the top five, and I'm going to let them prove themselves a little bit more. Uh, at number five, I'm going to go with Buffalo. Uh, I think that Buffalo has earned their way into the top five. Uh, Josh Allen, again, Weird that this is a pass pass heavy team that can't play defense right now. Um, that strikes me as as very bizarre, and I think ultimately Sean McDermott gets that defense playing even better, and you're going to see the Bills be very tough. So I've got them at number five. At number four, uh, I've got another team that seems to like to throw the football that can't play defense at all, and that's your Seattle Seahawks. Um, that it's surprising again to see a Pete Carroll team. Uh, very similar to a McDermott team that's getting away from, you know, pounding the ball with the running game and playing good defense. Uh, But this NFL seems to be that you can win a lot of games by just throwing it deep and hoping that your team outscores the other. And uh, it's certainly working for Seattle and they got something special in a guy who I think will finally get his due with some MVP votes this year, if not winning the whole thing, Russell Wilson. Hashtag let Russ cook. 
Let Russ cook. That's right. He should, he should get some votes this year. Uh, he's amazing. Watching him play, I'll tell you, has been about as enjoyable as anything I've watched uh, in my lifetime. Uh, incredible. Absolutely incredible what he's doing uh, with that Seattle team. Uh, fantastic. Um, at number, number three, I'm going with uh, your Baltimore Ravens. I, I feel like that game against Washington that you mentioned, where they had a couple misses, I feel like they were in like second gear. You know what I'm saying? I feel like they're a sports car that was just humming along in second gear and still beat up an NFL franchise. You know, they've got that one loss against Kansas City. That, that you know, that is worrisome if, if I was you, right? As you know, uh, are, are they going to be able to get past that AFC championship game against the Chiefs? But uh, they're still really good, man. They're really good on both yeah. sides of the ball in their recent acquisitions. Uh, you've got a real player in Queen. I think he's he's going to be a stud at some point in his career. I've said it before on this cast that I really like uh, Marlon Humphrey. Uh, that kid is really something. And right after I said that, obviously your boys were listening because they signed him to a huge contract. Yeah. And uh, uh, that Baltimore team is still really good, man. Really, really good, really good team you've got there. Uh, number two, I'm going to say the Packers. Uh, it looks like their their defense is short up a little bit. And Aaron Rodgers is you know just balling out, throwing passes to guys that are just slightly rated higher than me in Madden right now. <laughs> so he's got his top target out. He's got his secondary target out. And uh, he's throwing a dude's name, Robert Tanyan, for multiple TDs. Uh, Rodgers, absolutely incredible this year, uh, you know, you know, most of the teams that I've mentioned here in the top five so far have MVP candidates. Obviously, uh, you know Aaron Rodgers is another one, but with Russ, Josh Allen, I think you could. You're you're eventually going to see Lamar Jackson's name in there. Uh, he he's gonna he's gonna be great as the year goes on. Um, and then finally, here at number one, I, I'm going to agree with you, man. Uh, you got to go with with Kansas City. They just look really tough. They look really complete. Uh, they look yeah. like a very well coached, and you know, if if nothing else, that might give them the the edge. That's something that we don't talk about a lot, and people in general don't talk about a lot, is how important the coaching really is. And I think that Kansas City's got a leg up on on any of the other teams. Even though I, I like McDermott, I like what Lafleur has been doing. You got to like Pete Carroll, but I think Andy Reid is just he's a sneaky genius, man. He should have yeah. had multiple Super Bowls. Uh, he finally got the monkey off his back and and won one, but. Uh, this is going to be an awfully tough team to stop down the stretch. I don't think anybody wants to run into this Chiefs team that can beat you in multiple ways. So they're going to come in as my as my number one. So mostly, I'll tell you, mostly the same for the two of us. Yeah. Huh? Not, yeah, not too much different there. I just think that the Steelers have a lot more to prove than going three and zero against uh, three really shitty teams. So if, if, uh, they can get another couple wins in there. I'm right with you because I'll tell you that run defense is. That run defense is real. And they even get on those the shitty quarterback teams, too, man. Yep. Even even on, on those shitty teams, there's some very talented running backs that they completely shut down. That was a, a healthy Saquon Barkley that they shut down and uh, two decent guys that they shut down in Melvin Gordon and uh, Philip Lindsay out there in Denver. So they're for real, but they got a little work to do. I might even throw a team like Tampa Bay ahead of them because uh, I think Tampa Bay is a little bit more complete, but – Exciting stuff. I'm 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 ready for the the back half of the first half. Back half of the first half, baby. We heard are it here first. Along. Yeah, don't steal that. That's our shit. I know y'all listening. Don't steal my shit. Our shit. Excuse me. Um. Yeah, and that's it, man. Yo, baseball playoffs. What's happening? 
That's right. Oh, you want to hear some baseball playoff news? Yeah, talk to the people. Okay. Um, yeah, we can definitely talk some baseball here. Nice to shift gears. Uh, it's it's been it's been interesting. This is a different playoff year, right? This has not been not been the same as what we've seen before. We saw uh, a wild card round that was pretty crazy. They allowed more teams into the playoffs this year, so we saw a couple teams that were uh, two and done. But I, I won't go back that far because I'm. Yeah, sure I was going to say, rather. have you have you recovered? <laughs> uh, yeah, are you oh, okay? Man. I, I wasn't going to bring it up, but yeah, my Indians getting swept out of the playoffs in two games was, was really embarrassing. It was just, it was ugly. Um, it's okay. Though. But, but, but it's okay. You know, we, I didn't expect much out of them this year anyway, but let's talk about the teams that, that are left and what's going down right now. So we saw earlier today, uh, just as we were on this podcast, the Rays uh, wrapped up a win against the Yankees. They won eight to four today. So they take a two to one series lead which is going to be really tough down the stretch for, for the Yankees to come back and win this series. They just don't have the starting pitching uh, beyond Garrett Cole, man, they, they don't have much of anything there to, to yeah. lean on. And it's going to be really, really tough for them to get back into it. Uh, the athletics are playing the Astros in a five game series. The other, the other ALDS game and Houston currently leads that series two to one after Houston lost today, nine to seven. Um, I think going down two nothing, in a five game series is incredibly hard to come back from. Yeah. So the A's are up against it. Uh, I think even if they win another game, uh, it's going to be tough to come back. It really is. I, I'm rooting for the A's. The A's are the team that I'm rooting for that's left that are kind of like the, uh, you know, the kind of come out of nowhere team to kind of be good this year. So kind of rooting for them. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes down. Uh, my other <laughs> feel good team of the year, the feel good team for everybody is the Miami Marlins that came out of absolutely. Yeah, I remember we was, we was trashing them when we was doing. Our oh yeah, <laughs> I, I absolutely was. And you know what it is? All their young pitching came together. They yeah. strapped together just enough runs to win games. Uh, they looked, they looked in a weird year. I mean, they finished just two games above 500. You know, that was enough to make the playoffs this year. Yeah. I mean, a crowded and weird national league field, but it looks as though they're, their Cinderella run might be coming to an end. They lost today to the Braves. Ian Anderson looks spectacular. He's a rookie pitcher for, for the Braves and the Braves went up. Uh, now they won two, nothing today and are up two nothing in the series as well. So I've seen Acuna talking shit about them. I guess they beat him with a pitch and uh, yeah, he's a, yeah, yeah, he man, they got to hit, hit me because they can't get me out. Yeah. How much fun is that? I love Talk that. that shit. Talk young man. That shit, young man. I love that. It's, it's uh it's a lot of fun watching him play uh, him and Ozzy Albies, uh, their second baseman. Those two are going to be a lot of fun to watch for a lot of years. Uh, they, they signed them both deep. That's something that I love about what Atlanta did there, by the way, uh, is they, uh, instead of letting these guys run through their rookie contracts, uh, they went and locked them up deep before that at a, at a slight discount. And uh, both those guys did that to stay together there. A lot of good young pitching in Atlanta. They're going to be good for years to come. Uh, but I think the winner of the national league is going to be the team that comes out of, uh, the other series that I haven't talked about yet, which is the, uh, the battle of Southern California. You got the LA Dodgers and the San Diego Padres. Um, a lot of talk about the Padres this year as an upstart team that are led by Fernando Tatis, uh, an incredible young shortstop talent, a lot of fun to watch, but that roster has got a. Yeah, he is. He is yeah. incredibly fun to watch, you know. But that they've got a lot of, they they constructed that roster very well because you got a lot a lot of proven winning veterans on there as well, like Eric Hosmer, um, 
And uh, that, that's, that's a solid team. I think they're up against it. They already lost game one and they're losing right now. As we speak live, yeah. it's the bottom of the sixth inning and they're losing to the Dodgers four to three right now. Ortiz is and, uh, uh Tatis is uh oh for three right now. And yeah, man, yeah, that's tough, but come on, come on Padres. Pull yeah, it through, man. I love that I'm, kid. I, I'm rooting for, I'm rooting for the Padres there. You got, you got to love it. I like that Braves team as well. And uh, so we'll, we'll see how this all turns out, but if I had to give my quick predictions, I think that the Dodgers hang on. That Dodgers team is just incredibly good. They've been favored from start to finish. They were favored before the season started. They're still favored now. Uh, they're really tough. I think that they get by the Braves and make it to the World Series. Uh, I think that out of the American League, you're going to see the Rays play the Astros in round two. Or excuse me, in round two. In round three of the playoffs, the ALCS. And you're going to see the Rays come away with it there. I think the Astros, the Astros finished with a losing record and made it into the playoffs. This is not the same Astros team that you saw a couple years back. Um, I think the Rays are very good. They finished 20 games above 500 and uh, just top to top to bottom. There's no holes in that roster and they can throw three really good pitchers at you. Um, and uh, they're, they're, they're really good. So I think you're going to see the Rays and Dodgers. And I'll tell you, buddy, you could flip a coin 10 times and, and let me know who wins that because that, that would be a great series. So um, I suppose if I had to make the, the easy choice and pick who I thought was going to win, I'd go with the Dodgers just because they've been, they've been favorites just start to finish this year. And, and they're just a really, really good team. So. Plus they have a dude on their team named Mookie. That's right. Like, you Mookie. got a dude on your team named Mookie. You're just automatically the yep. best team. You're just you're in really good Shout shape. Shout out to there. Mookie yeah. Betts, man. Mookie Fucking Betts, awesome not player. Mookie Betts for the first time uh, this year uh, supplanted. Um, I want to say for the first time supplanted a New York Yankee for the number one selling jersey because it's usually somebody out of New York that comes away, like Aaron Judge. Uh, <coughs> you know, for many years there was a young man. I believe it's pronounced Jeter. I don't know if you ever heard of a guy Jeter. named Jer- Derek Jeter. Uh, I guess he was. I guess he was a good player there or something like that. He's alright. <laughs> for He's many okay. years it was Jeter so uh yeah shout out to Mookie Betts that number one selling jersey but uh yeah that's that's a, the briefest of recaps of what's going on in the MLB right now so, I like it man you just caught me up man. to speed so I appreciate that we go. We're um, basketball right now Lakers are up 3-1 against Miami Heat after a uh, game four win last night and uh yeah it's looking like it's over they're wearing the, the black Mamba jerseys next game they're not playing around LeBron's about to get his fourth ring um, I'm happy for LeBron. Once we'll if he does, if they do close it out and LeBron gets his fourth ring, I am not happy that the Lakers are winning it because Laker fans fucking are terrible to listen to. They're like Yankees fans. Like the Lakers and the Yankees, like I just you can't I just can't like them. Like they just, they just poach they just poach teams of their best players. And it strikes me like, as same as same as like Boston fans of any kind. Yeah, too, and, and just fuck Boston fans. Like, like Ugh. just just fuck all those fan bases, bro. Ugh, terrible, <laughs> terrible. Cowboys fans too. They can get lumped in with that mess. Yeah, man. Just, That's an episode. That's got to be an episode coming up where we worst fan bases. Worst fan bases. Oh, let's do it. Go off. Let's go off. do we'll, it. And you know what we got to do? We got to bring in representatives from each of those fan. If bases you want to be too. a guest on that show, hit us up. Like There's, our Facebook page, Sports Room Enthusiasm Podcast. Follow us on that Twitter, for a segue. S-Y-E. Like that shit. Follow segue. us on Twitter, S-Y-E Pod. <laughs> Email us, Sports Room Enthusiasm Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know, man. We want to have some guests on, some future guests on the show. So that's going to be a future episode. We have another future episode coming in as well. Top duos. Looking forward to doing that one with Joe. That should be fun. 
And uh, yeah, man, that's it. And as as always, our, our our beat the odds segment coming up soon too. Beat the odds, another Saturday beat the morning. odds coming up. Make some money. Dude, who doesn't like money, right? I Is love money. money. Do you love money? I love money. I love lamp. <laughs> now, are you saying that, or are you just saying that because you saw it? I love you lamp. really love lamp. I love lamp. <laughs> I love money. See, that's another movie quote right there that a lot of younger folks ain't gonna get, man. Uh, it's that hurts my feelings. Man. How, how, Anchorman. Anchorman's an old movie. Classic. That? Classic, Killing bro. Me. Classic. Make sure you're drinking more water. Ruder, let the people know. Drink all the water. Stay hydrated. You see some water, you drink it. That's all I got. Don't don't just drink random water. <laughs> Make sure it's pure and, and filtered. It's and, 2020. I do have to explain this with yeah. uh, with our commander don't, in chief. And don't the, shoot yourself up with Clorox. No, <laughs> don't don't do the Clorox shots. Don't take uh, Tide Pods. The internet and our president and it's just all kinds of uh, we've got all kinds of bad influences. I shouldn't join the ranks. Or drink some purified water. Get something yes. that's nice out of a bottle. Get something out of a filter. Uh, that little that little button on your fridge that kicks out water that's probably mm-hmm. okay you know mm-hmm. so yeah drink the good water take vitamins and take vitamins oh is yeah, that, that new that's is that new, new? Are we yeah. throw that in take vitamins take your vitamins drink lots of good water there it is we that's will talk to you Saturday morning thank you for listening appreciate you guys love you guys peace